after witnessing the beauty of all these things, we kind of get really close, you know, face to face with the fact that today, on Easter Sunday, we celebrate the culmination of Christ's victory over sin and death. You know, Good Friday, two days ago, Good Friday is a day of remembrance. And oftentimes, it's a, it's a solemn remembrance. It's a, it's a quiet and it's a, it's a reverent remembrance. But here today, on this Easter Sunday, this should surely be meant as a celebration. For on this day, Christ proved that though he may have died taking on the sins of all, he is resurrected as blameless, as blameless as the life that he lived. He died taking our sin, but he rose as blameless as the life that he lived. So we come here and we celebrate and we sing our songs with joy and gladness in our hearts. But what about when we leave this place, church? What about when we walk through those doors? Yes, we're going to do our very best to encourage our brothers and our sisters, the ones who have had their infants baptized and the one for whom has made a mature statement of faith. Yes, we will do those things. But what about beyond those doors, church? What about beyond those doors? How are we then to proceed? For that, we turn to Scripture. We turn our attention to John chapter 20, verses 1 to 10. I'll read it for us, and it says this. <clears throat> Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along and behind him and went straight into the tomb. But he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally... The other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. From this passage, we begin to understand that Easter is not just a time when we gather little children in a field and let them play and run around and get sunburned and collect little eggs and and in those eggs, they'll find little snacks and treats and all that stuff that surely later they are going to get sick on, right? Yesterday, we, we had the Easter egg hunt, and it was great. It was wonderful. I got, I got burned from the top of my brow to the bottom of my chin. I, I, was, I was hurting so hard because I did not have the foresight to put on sunscreen. And my wife was looking at me like, you should have put on sunscreen. I said, I know, but I didn't, so I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm supposed to say to you. You're right, as always, honey, right? And so, and so as, as one of the parents was leaving yesterday, I just kind of overheard like, Oh, lucky for you guys, you don't have to deal with the consequences. Basically, meaning like all of the candy that their child is going to eat is going to rocket them up to the moon and then have them come crashing back down in about 20 minutes. You know, it, it, Easter is not just about that. While it, it, while it can be that, and while we as a church, we revel in that, 
And we really, we, really, we really utilize that to our full advantage. You know, we want to be a church and we want to be a community that is doing a good job of bringing not just our church community, but the larger community beyond. We want to be a church that does that well, but that is not only and even primarily what Easter is about. Beyond these festive things, Easter serves as the impetus, the very start of our life proclaiming the risen Christ. Easter allows us and, and challenges us and, and moves us to proclaim the risen Christ. Now, some of you might be asking and wondering, what does that mean? What does that mean, Josh? What does it mean to proclaim the risen Christ? Well, to put it one way, proclaiming the risen Christ means signaling that the tomb is empty and living out the consequences of such a proclamation. Through word and deed, we remind ourselves and the world around us that because he lives, there is hope. That is what proclaiming the risen Christ means. It signals to the world that we believe because he lives, we have hope, an indelible hope, an unfailing hope, a hope that while we try to throw it away, Christ puts it back in our lives. That is the kind of hope that we have in Christ. And that is the kind of hope that Easter Sunday signals to us. For what's the first thing? What is the first thing that Mary does when she learns that the tomb is empty? She comes running. It says, so she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple. The first thing that Mary does upon learning that the tomb is empty, upon learning that Christ is not in that tomb anymore, is through word and deed she comes running to Peter and the other disciple. Church, there must be urgency in our hearts as we leave this room. Through action and deed, we must proclaim the risen Christ, living out the consequences of such a proclamation. Easter doesn't give us permission to be passive. Rather, Easter propels us forward into the world with renewed vigor as a bow propels an arrow. Now, none of this is possible, however, without a true and tested devotion to Jesus. Remember, going back to the passage, remember, Christ has been crucified and laid to rest in the tomb. And as you can imagine, all of his followers and so-called disciples are hurt. They are hurt and in mourning for the person in whom they had put all of their hope has just now been subjected to one of the most horrific and heinous punishments of the time. It's not just that he was put to death, although it is that. It's not just that he was arrested, beaten, Betrayed. It is not just that those things have happened, but it is that it is the vehicle, the vehicle for, through which Christ meets his death, meets his physical death, the vehicle for which was one of the most horrific and heinous punishments of the time. Paul, Apostle Paul, the 
the Paul that, that wrote most of the New Testament, that Paul, at the end of his life, as he is being persecuted and as he is being put to death, he, as a Roman citizen, got to sort of opt out of crucifixion because, quote, no Roman citizen should ever have to go through something like that. Even the Romans knew that that was the most heinous and horrific punishment of the time. But Jesus goes through that. And so imagine his disciples who are in mourning. It's not just that he snatched away. It's that they had to watch. They had to watch as Christ was murdered on that cross. So they are hurt and in mourning. This event would, scare, it would have scared many into a kind of spiritual and emotional paralysis. Yet day turned into night. Night turned into day. And eventually the people had to go on with their lives. Eventually, for those of us who are in mourning, for those of us who are hurt, for those of us who are in that place that to, to empathize with what the disciples are going through right now, eventually day will turn to night, night will turn to day, and we have to make a decision about that which we believe. So we come back to the passage and we find that in this place, in this context, for it was still not safe for Mary to do so, but in this context, this tried and true devotion to Jesus sticks out because in this we find that Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb of Jesus. From her devotion to Christ and with a heart to honor the Lord, she visits the tomb and finds that it was empty. And do you know, do you know what the effect of your tested and true, your tried, Devotion, do you know what the effects of those things are? They will see and they will believe. The scripture says that the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, he went inside, he saw and believed. You see, this passage, this Scripture gives us the very blueprint that we need. That when we are done here, when we are done celebrating, when we are done doing all of these things, when we leave this place, we are to leave with a sense of urgency. And when we do, we take our tried and tested devotion. And when we take our tried and tested devotion, the effects of which will mean that they will see and they will believe, church. They will see and they will believe. I think sometimes what happens is we as believers, we come together and we think we need to be eloquent or we need to be educated or we need to read the Bible more, which is true, or we need to pray more, which is true. But, but some of that stuff will come in the process of our tried and tested devotion. And so I ask you and I urge you, brothers and sisters, it is my great encouragement and challenge to you all to go and proclaim the risen Christ to yourselves through true and tested devotion to Christ, then to others in word and deed in all urgency and sincerity. That is what we take with us when this Easter Sunday is done. That is what we do when the ceremonies are over. That is what we do when the service is over. We leave this place with urgency, with, with sincerity. 
with a tried and tested devotion, and we go tell it on the mountains, or we go tell it in the workplace, or we go tell it on vacation, or we go tell it to our families, or we go tell it to any and everybody who will listen. Brothers and sisters, that is what Easter is all about. As we close this time, I'm going to invite the praise team back up here. And as we close this time, I'm going to ask us all in this room to respond to this message. Not to me. You don't have to respond to me. But just for a moment, as our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, would you just, for a second, would you, would you just kind of do that business with the Lord that you need to do? And would you get right again with him? Whatever that looks like. If, for some of us in this room, we realize that our devotion is lacking. We realize that our devotion has been tried, it has been tested, and it has failed. That's okay. Now is your moment to get right with the Lord. In this moment, we realize that when we leave church, we leave with no urgency and we leave with no sincerity in our hearts. And because of that, they have not seen and they have not believed for they have not seen in our hearts and in our lives the power of that which God is doing. If that's you, that's okay, but now is the time to get right. And so in this moment, we're just going to take some time to respond. And for a moment, not too long, not too long of a moment, but just for a moment, let us get right with the Lord. Lord, we come before you and we confess that our devotion has been lacking. We come before you and yes, we're hurt. Yes, we're in mourning. Yes, we carry around trauma. Yes, all these things are true, but in light of all things, our devotion has been lacking. Here and now in this moment, we want to get right with you. Let all those who desire to get right with you, Lord, let it happen today. Let it happen in this moment. God, we lean into your heart and we press into your presence and we ask, God, that you would encounter us. If not here, if not now, then as we leave, as we leave this place, as we leave those doors, I pray, God, that you would meet us in that place. Maybe for some of us, we're, we're thinking about that one coworker that we've yet to sort of share our faith with. We're thinking about that one neighbor or that one person in our lives 
and we want to invite them to church, but we're scared. Or we want to do it, but we just don't know. We don't want to be foolish. We don't want to be silly. For others of us, we're just, we're just hurting right now. If that be the case, Lord, come and meet us. Thank you, Lord, for this reminder today here on Easter Sunday. I pray, Lord, that you would fill us with all joy, fill us with all gladness, that you would give us everything that we need to remember you again. We love you, and we pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. At this point, if you're ready, if you're willing, and if you're able, I would just invite you to stand as we sing one last song in response.